Back in the 30s, uh, we didn't, I, I see the two starters. This, this might have been, no, this wasn't in the 30s. Uh, this could have been, Nellie was born in 1932. Nellie is our daughter. So uh, that's the one, I think it's Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal was grew up. Uh, really, it was there, but <coughs> starting out when I was 14 years old, my father was killed in a coal mine. I had a sister, a younger sister, and two younger brothers. Then somebody had to work. That's, that's all they was. They weren't no welfare or for all that stuff. Just somebody just had to go to work. And in this case, it was me. So I had to go to school and go to work. And my father was killed in his own coal mine. So naturally, uh, I, I took over his footsteps or tried to, of course I couldn't do that, but I did. <coughs> when I was 17, I, I'd already done everything in the mine, everything it was doing. This is unusual because uh, a miner is usually he does one thing. He mines coal, or he loads coal, or he lays track, or he drives a mule. You know, and he just that's, that's what he does, you know. Very few men ever done it all. But I did. And uh, the University of Missouri has gotten on tape now that I'm the only man that ever did that at all at the coal mine. I'd run the horse and whatever. You know, that, that just can't see that at all. First of all, before I was coming to mine for me, though, I'd be seen on it. I'd go to the I laid track. And just wherever I was still in, wherever it had to be, what I got. And uh, let's see, I worked in the mines until 42. And uh, this just lately, what I did quit, uh, <coughs> well, I'll tell you another mine story. I was driving a mule, and this is just only because of the of God that I'm here today. And uh, this, uh, Staff is a, we call it elevators, you would call them, but we call them cages in the mine. Hyper the coal or whatever, up and down, one past the other, middle way to the set, you know. <coughs> and uh, there's this one man left living, one is just to be the truth. And he is uh, in a nursing home, we call But there was six witnesses to this. And uh, what it was, uh, I'm that you wouldn't understand it, but uh, uh, you know the size of an elevator. This is what I say that. So they would be the size of two elevators, so they're side by side. And uh, when, when this, this one was down, the other one would get in a triple place. Uh, man up there would take the car full off up there, and I'd put one on down here. He got down the other deep down the line. And uh, so I, I was on a Friday evening, and uh, then we were working the next day, because they had too much coal stocked up there, everything was full of coal. And it's kind of like a automobile manufacturers, you know, when they get in the auto, they were out before that quit. That's what it is, right? Anyway, they were holding the coal on top 
and have a crack where I walked out, you know, and then just throw these cars out on that crack. And uh, that way we were handling empty cars. You know, they were holding everything, so all I had to do was just drop them on the cage and yell them off. And the uh, ramp just took hold, and they were sitting in there. And uh, I said to them, I said, before then, I said, you get on there and get out of there, get out of my way, I don't make another trip. That was go back into my mind and come out with another pair of cars and fall. So we got on the cage and I yelled them off. And uh, I brought a car, this bottom was on a slope, so the cars were almost rolling themselves, you had to hold them back. You know, so you could pull them faster. And then one man could handle them faster. And uh, the car got away. And we hit underneath this cage where it was around me. It was a 12 or 15 foot sump. And that sump was full of water. And they had drugs that day. And it was the cage was shutting down. But the drugs out, this thing we got through hot and cold. They didn't want to stop hot and cold, draw that water, and that's when they wasn't going to work the next day. <coughs> and uh, I was standing in front of it, waiting for the cage to come down before the last. It just blocked them on there. It was still on one side, but it wouldn't be out on my side. Then he took them off up there. And uh, I was waiting for it to come down. Uh, I would catch it just as it got the sight and throw it in the train and drop the car so long. That car pulled that loose, kicked me, and really oh that jump on top of me. Oh and uh, I felt uh, this way, I see the bubble on the front of the car lodged in the front the wall of the front. And I just nothing. I was just banging in the air over my head, you know, as far as it caught in the head. And uh, anyway, to me I rounded it because I, I just everything just went, you know, gone. And this cage was even down. This cage was still in the up in the shaft. Maybe that much room around really the outside there. But no man could ever go through that. And they said that the, uh, the telephone rang when he stopped at the phone and he let these men off. And the engineer answered the telephone, which was right there about him. He didn't really answer, but he just didn't do anything else. He just grabbed the phone and put it on the wall phone and had it standing right there. And this looking for it was a woman. That, was calling order and told. Thank God she did at that time. And uh, anyway, why, while he was talking to her, they heard me hollering and saying, Uncle Steve, how she out? He was the engineer. Uncle Steve was. And of uh, course, everybody heard it. He went in and coming out, and of course, Uncle Steve and others. <coughs> and he said, well, I don't know what to do. He hollered back and got no answer. And he said, I don't know what to do. And he said, I, I don't know whether to do that page or not. So they talked to the one and they said, well, he couldn't be, he couldn't be under that page because he's stuck in the shaft. There's no way, there's absolutely no way that he could, he could, any way he was that that page could bother. But still, they couldn't get no answer to him. They'd holler back. 
So he saw Zeno flow, and he had, he had to be hit by down for ear for him. And so he didn't want to hit at all while he had stopped. He didn't you know, stop his knee in the cave. So he came up with it. I was laying in a pile in the middle of that cave. And most of you didn't have that get on. I mean, this is going to have to get off one of the car poles, the quick seal was up tight. You know, there was a piece in there. And then it set for that whole place. And then here I was on that page, so it was impossible to get on. So the Lord just had a lot of things for me to do. And uh, that wasn't one of the times for me to go. Uh, but anyway, uh, was, uh, uh, I went ahead just uh, mine work until the mine closed, and then I went over to Buckland. I worked in the Buckland line, and then uh, Supers. You've heard of the Supers coal mines in Brookfield? No. Well, so when I quit Buckland, Dorothy said, just wait me to quit. She said, you can do so many other things. And he was fun. And uh, well, I said, well, all right, I, I, I won't go back no more. So, uh, of course, I've been out of the up here, and long in August, my Mr. Schaefer was having trouble. Uh, he thought, uh, cutting the coal, but it started in, it's actually undermining it, so it had a machine that does that. But, uh, <clears throat> it takes a lot of skill to really operate it manually, it's being successful. I mean, you see when I can cut a, what we call a clod that deep, that's all going to be handled, see? Or, you can cut up into coal and that, that, that makes it too thin and then cut the coal away. So there's a lot of things to run the machine. And he was having a lot of trouble. He was having fun, he was having the coal cut away, and he wasn't getting nothing done, he had men laid off while there was no place on the work. So I was putting up soybeans out here on the farm. I had visitors and said, he came over here and asked Gordon what I was. He told me. And uh, uh, really and we, uh, in January of the 36th, uh, we lost the world of a fire. And we owed the funeral. Not all of it, but we owed some of it. And uh, anyway, why this decision come out there. Now you can haul a good cart just for 10 cents an hour. I need a good and he said, if you uh, come over and run a machine for me, he said, I'll give you 50 cents an hour. And he said, you work all the hours you want to work. He said, it was 2 o'clock and we could work till 7 if we wanted to the next morning. And uh, so uh, the law said that, and I thought, oh my goodness, 50 cents an hour. And he did it. And I said, well, if you were one thing, uh, and I said, I, I just can't just tell you yet. I said, I just have to look off the door. So I said, I'll tell you that I wouldn't go back to the mom. And I said, it's going to be a shock to her when I tell her I am going back. So, uh, anyway, he, of course, I was out there with two more horses. And he brought me in the truck. And, and uh, we talked it over. And, he felt just like I did, boy, it was 50 cents an hour. And then all the hours I wanted to work, and he said I was going to work all of them. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, anyway, I, uh, uh, we did have a hunting work for him. And uh, 
Uh, he spoke a new line, and I opened a new line. And uh, again, I got, uh, I was in it on myself, and had a bad place in there, and I knew better than to do what I was doing. I thought, well, I can get to the station, you know, calling another man, and all this. And if that was wrong, I knew it was. I, I knew better. You know, you do something you know better, and then it's your fault. But anyway, I pulled a pop and threw it from a rock and went from my head to my throat. And I was going to learn your mind. And I thought, oh my goodness. But the vine machine went and this little dirt out in front of the vine play out in front of the coal was in a little ship. And I got, I think I can kind of move a little, kind of twist my body a little. And I twisted and that was good, and I worked my way out from under that rock. How does this not take place before you go on? Okay. I don't want to. I'll help that class out a lot. I'm sorry. So, uh, uh, I come home about, well, one but uh, you probably heard the other girl be hanging when I was up on our creek. It would have been his uncle uh, was there at the mine, and uh, of course, World War II was broke out. And uh, he'd worked at the mine, and he was leaving because I mean, he did get killed in the service. And this was the last group that I had with him. So uh, I come out of the mine, and he was there. So he's trying to get his back and you know, get far away from the service. So uh, anyway, why uh, he said, what, what are you going to do out this time of day? And I said, I'm going home. If I can find a way, and I said, I want to try to call Dorothy for the and see if he's going to get me. Oh, no, he said, I'll take you home. He said, how are you going to do now? And he said, I'll just take you home. So he brought me home about 11 when I got here. Of course, I took my bath, cleaned up. And, had the old house in, of course. And so I went in with reading the paper, and Gordon said, well, just about the time she said it, came to the paper, I opened it up, and there was a big ass, and a oil company had it in there. I didn't know about that oil company, and uh, you know, if I was using the same oil company like everybody else would. And Gordon said, what are you going to do now? And I said, well, I'm going to go work with the oil company. How did you do is that you child work today? Well, that's his Oh, mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yeah. He wanted to be really And, uh, and before we, we should have done the business, I guess he told you that. And, um, but anyway, why, uh, I thought, well, that's a good idea. I just, I'm going to call him up and see what's going on. And I did, and they wanted to interview the next day in Clintonville, and I went, and they hired so pretty, pretty alone, and they hired me. So I went to look for a small country there. Well, uh, of course, I think Clyde maybe has already told you the highlights of it, but we, this is when I first got to this car. He was my first customer. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I just think so much of him that uh, it was just one of the And, uh, so anyway, I uh, uh, you know what that, and then I got a health problem, and I had to quit. And uh, all over the guys, creek, you know, kind of ready to go up, and it was a long, and I had a bubble there. And uh, so I quit, and 
Couldn't get the factory any more good up there, so he went to the neighbor and bought a team of horses. Now, this really, really, I was thinking a team of horses pulled in the middle of the way out of mud. So he did and pulled it back up in the pasture and I took off from there. And, uh, oh, something I knocked off. Oh, I see, I was pulling it. I'm good at that. But anyway, uh, that was my experience. Of course, I took Carl his first ride, you know. He might know he didn't tell you, but he will. And uh, uh, now this is taken before I need orders. Uh, let us take all the candles. That was the three. Worked over there a while, and that's uh, the man's thing. And of course, she lived in a little house over here. Yeah. Yeah. We lived in this little little town about 10 here. Uh, and we built a new house. Oh, really? Yeah, we lived in the east there. I think I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know but she had a washing machine, a stove, hot water heater, kitchen table, and, and uh, what else in there? Refrigerator. You didn't work all the way in there to the table, but no, that's, that's what we do. But it's nice to remember it now, you know, and think back about it. And, uh, Oh, this is a this is a two year old. Yeah. 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 That's Jasper. We had a, <laughs> Jasper was a donkey. We had a, a live nativity scene out here. And uh, we had sheep, we had everything, live people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course that was the donkey that was in it. That, that's Jasper. Jasper was quite a donkey. And then of course here's uh, Nellie, I guess, on her first bicycle. <coughs> and, uh, I live in about half of my life, one of the evenings, in about 15 or 20 years. Uh, I got on this little bicycle, and uh, I, I would say I wouldn't know how many trips I made around around the house uh, uh, helping her on it, you know. But one evening when I come home from work, she had quarter balance, and oh, she's so proud because she was riding that bicycle, because that was too. But I do not want to the house like we do now. A little raffle. We didn't have no gravel, you know. So there was some ruts. And that wheel went down in that rut, and then it turned, and it throws her up over the top. And of course, it knocked the wind out of it. But oh my goodness, I grabbed her up. I went in the house room, and all the dogs had lost her. And he came out and sat there, and he went to the rest of the weekend. The wheel knocked out of it. It was what Dr. Cutler, see, that was. And, uh, 
Anyway, that was the bicycle experience. He was, he was the doctor in town. He was the oldest doctor. Oh, Putman. Putman. Uh huh, old Putman. Yeah. And he died when he was then, his son. Mm -hmm. And uh, they both were uh, the two outstanding doctors. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, of course, Ben uh, was uh, two years older than me. And uh, he was in an automobile accident just this time night. There was a snow on, and he and limbs and some more people in that big field. Uh, well, it was a party, I think. There. And uh, he didn't want to go, but uh, insisted he go, but he had a a lady expecting to live with him, yeah. they called him, and I guess he was hurting too fast and slipped on the road. And we were he's the only one that seriously hurt, and he took a head injury. And then they wanted to operate on some head special for her, but she didn't know. And they said if they didn't operate, well, he'd have been all right. <coughs> but, uh, of course, he had that problem. And that kind of ended in his career. But he was a good doctor. This is our daughter. This is our daughter, Nellie. Ben Putman built that house where Renz lives now, right here on Lake Street. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't forget that. Because her daughter's on there. Uh-huh. This is all Nellie here. It's in the snow. And there she is, and she just moved in. That was from the old house. It was there. That was just that dirt road out there. And here she is up at the old hospital. Dorothy was in the hospital, and they dressed her up like a nurse up there and took her pictures. What was the old hospital at? Before Chastain did. But then, see, when they did a hospital when the sisters started, well, they built on to it back, way back there. But in the beginning, just to tell the color of the bit, what the old part was. Yeah. She was getting vaccinated to go to school because I, I had appendicitis. Uh -huh. And they dressed her up and give her that, well, you know. She, the white shoes, uh, when she was uh, first started to walk, well, she had weak ankles. And, uh, well, I'll tell you, it was really tough to get them shoes. They cost about $35 to collect these shoes, but it was a very best letter. And, uh, we thought we were going to stand for nothing but white. And they cost more, but they still worth it. And uh, I, 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 I just about as bad as she was, I guess, because it's never one that I wanted to have if we could find any money to get it. But, uh, here she was 1958, but, but she sure doesn't look like that now. <laughs> and then here she is in, in November of 80. I guess that was taking her hat. And, uh, let's see, what do we got there? Uh, oh, this is Dorothy's sister. And, uh, her husband. And this, right here we raised him. We took him to three years old. And we made an electronic engineer of him. And, and he retired at 48 years old. Got, they've got a beautiful home down on Table Rock, and, and they don't have nothing piped in. He's got his own electricity, his own water, he's got everything. And, uh, but, uh, 
Verse 8 on. Then he designed computers that laid off 1,500 people. Can you imagine that? The computer has done the work of 1,500 people. And then, uh, well, I asked him, I said, just think of the hardship that you cause people. And he said, well, it's just, it's time. He said, that's where the times are. But that was the first fully computerized plant in the, in the world, I guess. And he designed all the computers. It done it all. It filled the orders. It done the orders put uh, in a computer up in front, and they distributed information out of all these other computers, and they filled it out and make the box and put it on the track. And when they hit that box, got up to that order was there within that box. And they had uh, Garth now to come down there and uh, put the salt in the plant after they got it computerized, you know, and uh, uh, one of the and then I said, well, what our problem is that we can't get nobody back in up. Said, uh, something happens. Master said, there's nobody to work on this stuff, and they don't know what to do. So he set in there and designed a computer as big as that wall over there. But uh, if it had a problem, he'd tell him, what's that, and what to do? To fix it. Then they moved it to Georgia. And uh, well, they offered him big wages to Georgia, he wouldn't do it. He just retired, you know. And he went down there and built that place. But he's got a motel down there now. They, they, they weren't satisfied with just doing nothing. So they, uh, and that, well, and here he is, you know, of course, I was out back in the old house when he was little. And he had a sled on the snow. And he had a pet lamb. And boy, that thing was a nuisance to the old one. Then we got him a bicycle too. He had two three bicycles though. And uh, there he is there. Thanks for you. Husband is the blue of the face. So uh, but he was a lot more expensive than Nelly was. He went to four or five automobiles and he never bought her any. This is uh Joe, this is Nellie's husband here. Yeah. And, and that's her oldest son. And I'm awful proud of her boys. They're both sons. And Joel uh, was uh, her oldest uh, son, was uh, the first nation in Missouri under 21 years old. He was the first Northlight nation. He was the first son. His brother came along 10 years later. He done the same thing he did. When he was uh, 19 years and one day he was signed. And uh, they really worked at it and I'm really proud of them. I'll tell you I am. They're really, really fine boys. Well, yeah, let's see. Uh, uh, put that snow. And he's one small portion tree out there. He's just great. And, uh, this is Randy here, that's the uh, second grandson. Here's with them all, Jasper. That's, uh, and there's Jill holding when he's a baby. Of course, this is, uh, one of them turns off their face. And they were, oh, this crazy guy here. We took him in a 5,000 mile fast. He was so fast, three years old. 
anymore. And we took them on. We were over 5,000 miles up to the west. And uh, it's amazing taking that little guy, you know, from East Coast. But, but they both didn't know any difference. This was home, this thing was home, you know. Mm -hmm. So they didn't know any different. But we got home what they're doing there. They're showing off their boots. Uh, the oldest one, he was up first day, just in the summer, and before. So I told him he was going to make this trip, and, and I'd give him a, he, he liked boots. I said, we, we're getting real, getting real cowboy boots, so, and then, uh, uh, go about 200 miles out of the way, go sign in, go. So anyway, my J.L. was getting on his boots, you know. And uh, then he said, well, I don't want to go on some boots. And I said, well, yeah, of course you would. And these hats there, they got on, we got them when we first started out. We got out in Nebraska somewhere. And neither one of them never asked for one thing on that whole trip. But, of course, they all wanted to beat that conversation. And uh, so the perk got wrangled around there, another perk did. And, with Crown Boots on his time, he got, I guess, the right pair on him, he's got on now, and looked up, and he's all 150 feet to the front door, and he's at the front door. So I hurried up to get up there, and, and he was uh, half a block ahead of me, and he's going down the street, and I yelled at him, and I said, Randy, where are you going? Don't be going! Yeah, don't be going! So he got me too. <laughs> this is the little old trailer that they lived in while they built a new home with me. Uh, this is our three jail. There should be some pictures in there of Charles and Geneva. Who's that picture? Well, we're going to get a lot of different things Charles and that, that's that's J. That's all J. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was taken there. That's that little engine he's dead now. Up in that Rushmore, mm -hmm. one of the faces. And uh, is that Randy or J. L. It's uh, J. L. Randy was there, but but the first lady didn't talk to him at first, you know. But he's got his picture. We got his picture. Mm -hmm. I had. Uh, we were Jefferson City on business one day, and I was talking to Nell, you know. And uh, so Randy, he got on the phone and he said, Where are we going to Washington? And he thought we was going to Washington, see. So uh, I said, Well, I told him, Well, I want to go too, Grandpa. So uh, anyway, why, this is him at the Capitol Steps, and uh, down in Jeff City, though. And here Randy is talking to the old Indian and there he is, digging the post hole. Here he is with a birthday cake, and others are in chocolate. Boy, I'll break that out of them, I'll tell you I have. That's their favorite. Now we're getting into... Uh, just, uh, as long as I was able to take care of it, we're going to take cattle. I don't have to have for, I guess, four years now. Five, but, uh, I don't think you've had anything since you've been diabetic. Mm -hmm. This is the uh, mm -hmm. family. And here we are, who's tall? Uh, I don't know where that's out with. I don't know where that's out with. 
the hill around again, because that was then back in the 30s, yep, that's true. Maybe, maybe in the 40s, that might be a, well, 42 is the last car they built from 48. There were no cars that I've ever seen there. So, uh, and here we are, uh, both of us uh, with the truck. Yeah, but I'll say that. Her girlfriend's name is Ann Susan. Somebody else took our picture, they will just give it to us. Tell her falls, that's what we're going to do. We went down the train. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, it was in the middle. We were all there, but at that time, we were back up in there. That's while the war was going on. Yeah, they had what they called a new boat that was just a thing on the railroad. It was the engine and the, and the freight car and the passenger and everything on board, you know. And they'd go to Kansas City over there, so they go out. This, uh, that was my sister. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is brother up here. And uh, that was back in the 30s, that was transportation then. And, uh, of course, I think they had a car here at that time, but they still had an old horse and buggy. This is, uh, of course, myself and my brother Fred, my brother Zoe, my sister Grace, and sister Cornelia. Uh, I was uh, from a family of uh, 12. And two of them I never knew, but I can remember when there was ten of us that uh, sat down at the table. And uh, uh, well, all but three of us now. This is Freddie now and his wife. And this is what Uncle Steve I was telling you about that was running the horse. And uh, uh, well, that's me and him both together, but that's me that was in here. This is uh, my mother's uh, family. And Grandpa and Grandma had the first restaurant in Marsley. What was that? <laughs> it was, uh, what was it? Yeah, what, what, what was the name of it? It, it didn't have a name. It was a covered wagon. On oh, wheels. Oh. <laughs> and uh, they wanted this to feed the, the right-of-way people. Is where they started. And uh, it was Sutton, uh, let's see, uh, Miss Ball, you don't know where she lives over there, where her house burnt her kids built her a new one. That would be on, uh, would that be on Lake Street? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On Lake Street. Lake Street was the toughest street in Washington to begin with. An awful lot of history about Lake Street in the beginning of Washington. There are a lot of it that hasn't been told. And uh, I'll tell you another interesting thing. I helped Marceline celebrate the 25th celebration, her 50th, her 75th, and her 100th. Oh. Well, we get there first, but about four years old, she just went to celebrate the 25th. Nevertheless, I'm sure. And uh, so, uh, but anyway, Grandpa and Grandma had this first restaurant, and this, see, uh, this is my mother. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then, uh, see, we had this old couple of wagons, had steps, and Grandpa had another team of wagons, he'd go buckling, I guess, somewhere to get supplies. And uh, the men come in one evening, and 
they had water in barrels, you know, they kept him busy whole water and everything, but that, that's all they had, you know. And uh, of course, they track, they, they were just turning the light away. And uh, so anyway, why, the men were sitting there lots of trying to move them out of that wagon, and they said, well, that would be enough of that. So we just jacked up, took the hoops off, and put it down the ground. <laughs> we had to get stuck in there. And, and mother said that, uh, boy, that was sure an improvement, you know, for grandma. Then later, right along the way where the overhead bridge uh, is, uh, this side, the overhead bridge, uh, they, they had a restaurant in there, running up with all Jones' body shop there, in there somewhere, they had a restaurant. But that, that was the first one in North Lane. Kevin Riley was the first, then they graduated from that over and built this other. It was a, <coughs> we have a, I have a table downstairs. Miss Steiner uh, uh, told me this, Miss Frank Steiner. Uh, did you ever hear of Homer Green? Is that Judge Green? No. Uh-huh, of course I knew both, you know. But, <coughs> but Homer and I were good friends. And uh, uh, for, but anyway, uh, well, Homer got to drink it. And uh, he, he was a nice fella, but uh, that alcohol just does things to people. It changes them, changes their personality and everything. But anyway, we were, we were friends and we stayed friends. And uh, we had a real estate business and oil. We only had a coal and real estate business, a coal office where they shipped coal in, you know. Right from the post office, that where the Roger Company is, where they are. And we had a building there. And uh, <clears throat> so anyway, why, uh, when uh, Homer died, why his, his and his wife were separated, but they weren't divorced. And, uh, of course, when they, when they hope when it came back here, I, I guess we would have been friends that they thought were close to you. They kind of our house, anyway. So then they wanted me to settle for the estate, and I did. And uh, we got it all down to where we were going to do something with his office supplies. And we had one of the lower top desks in an old perfect shape. It was just perfect. Of course, the, the old time typewriter, and uh, so that anyway, you know, it, all three of the girls and mules here, and they said, "Well, we're just going to give that all to you in this table." <coughs> and uh, so I said, "Well, all right." And I thought the reason they haven't got the money to take that desk. Anybody knows they'd like to have that lower top desk. So this uh, one of the girls, I guess two of them, didn't stand. But anyway, uh, oh, just I, I, we had to move the old building and they wanted to turn it off the lot so we could sell the lot. And it wasn't so good. The old building had run down. It's funny, you know, and it hadn't been repaired or anything, painted or nothing. And, you know, they run down pretty quick and it's taken care of. And, <coughs> So anyway, uh, I brought it down here, and uh, 
at the table, they said that Bert Steiners, Steve Steiners had a clothing store in Marshland at the beginning of Marshland. And uh, where the lower rink is, there was a sawmill there. And back up towards the railroad, there was a big roller tree tree. So the Steiners had that tree, built that tree, had it cut, and had lumber made out of it, this sawmill, and made these tables that they put down through the center of the store and piled merchandise on. Well, when the Steiners quit, they gave dirt on the tables and home on and uh, this uh, one of those things used to me, and I had it downstairs. <coughs> but they uh, never were finished, it's just this rough song, you know. <coughs> the wrong idea. But uh, <coughs> Miss Steiner told me, uh, Miss Frank Steiner, she said that's the, that's the history of the table. That's what comes from in that house. That's the way to be in. My brother lived at this, uh, this one. He lived in Ellsville, Kansas. Mm -hmm. And he did. And I said, oh, you go right by, uh, uh, Sally. Huh? Sally. 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 And you go right by Sally's house. Yeah. He said, sure do I. I want to say something. And I took him out. Oh, he said, hold his desk. And I said, yes. I want you to take it to Sally's. He said, I'll sure do it. He said, let's just call in and turn to put on the coffee pot. He too was a good friend to him, you know. <coughs> he said, let's just turn to put on the coffee pot about what time. And he said, have, so she have somebody to help me unload it. So we called her, and oh, she was just thrilled. There's all those she said all the time. She said, no, we did it to you. And I said, no, you didn't. I just took care of it until we did it to you. You didn't get to me. But uh, <coughs> we, uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, she got the desk. So, uh, Homer went with Mula for seven years. She was the secretary of the office, office you know. And uh, so uh, <coughs> he bought her some real nice things. And, and, uh, and I mean, by the time that he died, they were real valuable things. Diamonds, you know. They were big diamonds. So, uh, we gave you this typewriter. The typewriter is in good shape and still is, but it's old. <coughs> and uh, I had it out there in the building. And I went to move it for some reason or other. Some nice color on it. <coughs> I heard something jingle. Whoa, what was that? I said, it doesn't sound like anything in the typewriter to me. Look at it again. I thought, what in the world could that be? It just wasn't the right kind of jingle. It was just something loose in the typewriter, you know. I took the cover off and I turned it up and there hung in two diamond rings tied with a string up underneath that, that typewriter. So, you didn't have to be a diamond expert to know what they were, you know. And uh, so I took them off and I brought them in here and I said, Look here, boy, the one I got for you. She looked at him, she said, what in the world did you get that? I said, after one of that typewriter, the girls gave <coughs> So you were working downtown Kansas City at... Uh, Avery Yeah, and I called her. And I said, you uh, what did you do uh, 
this uh, new ring that Homer got to, wedding ring, and basically all she said now she said, you know, he found it and drank a lot. I said, he did? She said, yes, he did. He said, I should. I'm a poet now, too. I can let things get off the quote. So anyway, why, uh, uh, I said, no, maybe he didn't. I said, I've got to do She said, nothing yeah, you could not have. I said, how would you get them? I said, that's none of the type of them. She said, what? I said, hold on a minute. I said, well, I'll tell you what. We'll come to Kansas City tomorrow. We'll go and see it. And uh, also, we can have some pride and pride, you know. But uh, I, I think this is happy to have them. And, uh, uh, I think they just separated, they never went to board. She said, now you see, you know, it's pretty good to stop these. <laughs> oh, there was something. Because that, that cake got the name of a giant cake. Yes, and, uh, let's see, that was the equivalent of three. Three-layers joining chocolate cake. Is that one of those? That was the first time when I baked. That was your mother's 86th birthday. And uh, you see, I got the thing about I thought 86 candles on the cake. Well, uh, how little you can put them on there, it's... Uh, I think she's down the pioneer, didn't she? Huh? No, no. Down in the basement. Oh. We had all the folks there. And... Uh, huh? She didn't go she was 92. No. And, uh, so anyway, why? Well, I kept worried about how I was going to set that tape on. So we was building houses then, and, uh, uh, I knew a builder over at, uh, Meadville, Cartman, he was a technical engineer. And, uh, so I just kept spending about one night to come to me. I got up and went down to the basement and got some cardboard and I cut out that pattern of that. And the next morning I took a little twang and I said, can you make that? Can anybody make this? Has you got a pattern to go by? And uh, so I told him what I wanted to do. And he actually said, I'll make it for you. And uh, he did. And, and uh, so then, uh, no, that one I made at Pioneer. I made one at Pioneer and we said 200 people. And uh, remember, I had an extra board in there and put, set that up on a on a board. I believe it would have been five cakes, five to uh, set a for that. And uh, everybody said, "But shit, I don't know what I'm not going to clean it up." <laughs> uh, this uh, that story is going to be his waterman over to nobody for I guess the economy grant, Mister Grant. That's her grandfather and her father. And this is her whole family, her sisters and mother, brother. This she was the uncle. This school house, this is old school house and just started to tear it down. Started me a tonk area, uh, I, I started buying that land. And what we did, we bought, uh, oh, I don't know how much we had, in the thousand acres I guess. We started that in that conference. Um, How did you do that? Huh? How did you do that? How did you start it? 
you know, that was, uh, that was uh, my pipeline. Uh, Only what they got down there was nothing. Well, I had and I really had it set up. But I told you behind that kidney stone and all the problems I had with it. Well, they thought I was going to die. Everybody did with Dorset. And what uh, they was done, uh, they beat us out $175,000. That's a really word about that being a company thing. But it's incorporated as Fairview Lake Incorporated, and it is right now. But a lot of people care about that. They don't, you know, they, they, they do things their way. And Rocket got in one while I was in the hospital having all those problems, you know. And uh, so, of course, uh, basically they changed the name of it. We're not talking. That's supposed to be uh, an Indian name for a big man. That's not so, because I wrote it down. And it doesn't mean nothing. It's not somebody that sucks it out of the thumb. Because uh, uh, I've had two of the world the grossest experts on Indian affairs. And one of them even took it to the University of uh, Minnesota, where they have so many Indian languages there. And then all of a sudden, he couldn't find a nowhere. So it didn't mean nothing. It's just somebody that thought that would be a good thing to do. But it didn't have a meaning. <clears throat> but anyhow, the schoolhouse was where they went to school, her dad and him, and, and uh, the lots of them down to be sick and they turned it down. Let's see, this is uh, Jerry, that's Fred's boy, his mother's boy, there. Well, then, big dealers out there in Kansas has got a lot of good territory. He said, well, 
still have room how you just getting started. Now I said, what are the rest of the time? I had a chance. They sent this stuff out here. I knew I was in it. Well, he said, you think? Well, let's see about that. And well, I went to work. And I did win. And the, the payoff was, was among one other thing, was king and queen for a day. Oh. It was a liberty. And you ever heard of liberty? Oh, that was one of the greatest things in the Midwest, was the liberty in St. Joe. Hotel. And this would be incredible, but then uh, it was uh, moving and all oh, really something, you know. And had my name and life across the lobby, you know. And then and, uh, all, all, all the movies and the doors and welcome camp and all this shit, you know. And, and this is, I had a bank, I had three banquets at one overnight, a three straight nights, and liberty. And of course, that's worth not there, and I, I don't even know the other people anymore, but they were office people worked in the office, you know. And uh, but when, the, when it all cleared away, I, I had to run by a big majority. So, no problem, nobody closed. There's quite a few stories there. And here is quite a deal. This here, uh, this got in, this here, got in the National Magazine. Uh, this is uh, over here at Dalton, Missouri. You ever hear of Dalton? <coughs> the, uh, the colored uh, black kids couldn't go to school with white. So they had a school and a high school over there at Dalton. And a farm, big farm, this beautiful big farm. And uh, I'm a beekeeper, I, I keep bees, I have bees, and I've always had. And uh, so I was the secretary of the North Central Reserve Beekeeper Association. And they uh, would place a, one of these in a hive like this. And everything to take care of to any school that had an agriculture class that would teach beekeepers. Maybe just two or three or whatever would teach somebody beekeeping. And uh, so uh, we had several. All the schools just left on, you know, and they had agriculture classes because the bees pollinate the fields, you know, and the bees. There's so many ways they're connected with, uh, with our agriculture as they live in the side of the And, uh, one night, why, called call me. He said, is it true that your organization will first and foremost and equipment and anyone has to have a social class in high school? I said, that's true. He said, well, I wonder if you put it on the ass. And I didn't hear the way. And I said, I don't know who you are, but what domain will do it to me? I said, if you're in our area, you're a real person. Well, he said, uh, I'm a black superintendent at a black school. And I said, well, we don't know no color. So I said, and there's no color mentioned in it. So, yeah, this one. <coughs> so we went over there and set it up on a truck. We had this, see, this is a screened in thing here. And uh, we just set it up and we got over there and he said, well, he said, I, I didn't want it that way. He said, I wanted to take the boys down here and Cut a bee tree <coughs> to go on the farm and teach them how to pick them out of the tree and 
and put them in a hive. Well, fine dandy. We we'll sure do it. So, uh, anyway, why, uh, this one here, he was a president that, that year. That's a doctor, Tripper, Dr. Martin Tripper. See that word. And, uh, name these people now. Uncle Billy McCall, there. That's the, I mean, that, that's the superintendent <coughs> right there. And that's Arthur Hen, and Arthur, uh, Hensley. Hensley. And, of course, uh, myself. And then, how come this? I thought, if you have this picture, get this. Did you ever hear of Jean Lee Spencer? Mm-hmm. Well, she was a little fashion in Canada. And she worked for Mr. Bliss in the studio at Brookfield. And she came over here one day and she said, uh, Mr. Randall said, what is that hard to do something for me? I said, what part? Well, she said, I want to get started in the photograph business and I want you to come over. Oh, I said, I, I wouldn't have ever done the most important way. I said, oh, yes, he went to. But I just thought about everybody and said, I can just come up with you. He said, I, I want you to do it. So then she told me that's what she'd like. And I said, well, find him, Danny. I'll, uh, I'll do the best I can. And uh, so anyway, I called him on this deal. I thought, boy, this is, what, what didn't know it was going to turn out like it did, see. So, but, but there's other pictures where she got right on the truck, we went right down the woods, the third truck, you know, and cut this new tree. And loaded on the truck and drove right up there, right, right up on the school ground, right up to the school. And just as you split that log over and say, these, you see the bees, he goes in and turns the whole school out. And there was only one child got stunned, and that was his little daughter. And I think she wants to be on her. Mm-hmm. But oh, I, well, I thought, well, when he done that, I thought, well, it would be in trouble. All these kids would get stung. But they sure didn't. And, uh, but anyhow, uh, they, uh, he put that in the National School Magazine. That's a battleship. Of course, he's getting something back to the black, you know, mm-hmm. or anything. Then, they, they used it. And, uh, uh, this is, I don't this is, where this is, New Orleans or somewhere. Uh, let's find out here. Old Mexico. That, this is down, that's this city. We've been in all the ways the city of North America. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure have. And this is down, uh, down there. That's, uh, that's really beautiful down there. This is my dad, and this is my sister. She, uh, wrote poetry, and I'd like you to read that. This was a tintype. Came off a tintype. That old crow still out in Pennsylvania. That's the bad self, yeah. And uh, this here is uh, uh, Mary Tuffy. Tuffy was, uh, uh, we grew up together. We used to spend friends, and I'll tell you how good he was. Uh, uh, just even in the service, 
connection uh, uh, Miss Downing. Mary June's mother. granddaddy. Well, Mary June's mother was a, was a lead. She, you know, he lead. They were in the Crossing Bobby Cup in the old pink and orange building. They had a food store in there and a open house. And then uh, there was two or three others scattered around the old town, but, but at one time there was eight poker houses, I think, where they bought cream eggs, and, and that, that's partly what caused our slump is all these things, because all of them employed people, you know. And uh, you take the East and West, and you put them in those 40 acres, had a family on it, and a big family. And they had a cow and chickens, and, and they sold little cream and eggs, and, and, and done like we did, they raised the fruit and vegetables, you know, and preserved them, and, and raised big families. And, huh? What about apples? What they had? Well, they were uh, apples from now. Uh, they had two locations. They had a grocery store where uh, the insurance company was doing the corner of a fair. And then behind that, uh, on them lots back there, there was a tile building, and they had this uh, feed store and, and cream and eggs, poultry, they had a poultry business there. And then the Barrows had a poultry business and uh, store along the way on the Street on the... The uh, Eagles built a big building first for Right across from all them boys got that cleanup place now. Harrison's, I believe, got mm -hmm. in there. Right across from this street now. They had this, uh, this, oh, they had a huge building here. And uh, then later they sold to the Catholics, and they had a school out of it. And uh, I guess it was a school clear up until Paul McCartney built this thing down where it is now. But uh, there also was this building in there where they had this uh, open house and food store. And then uh, right up next to the overhead bridge, uh, let's see, uh, the old big house is burnt now, but... Uh, uh, Parker. Huh? Parker. Where Parker's house was, the uh, old theater house that moved up there, uh, was a little barn. And uh, we'll see the wigs, you know, a team of horses in the buggy, and one horse in the buggy, or whatever, you know, and then you move the horse into town, they take care of it, and feed it for you, and all this sort of thing. And then uh, where the hospital sat, the mate had a big little stable. It was built of wood, but, um, and it was built like a barn, but it covered the whole lot there. And uh, they had the more fancy, they had the fancy buggies and so the more aristocratic people come to town, one of the better ways than some of the other kind of things. They were chastained Huh? For, for the old hospital buggies. Yeah. Well, it burnt and, it, and Putnam bought the lot and built the, only Putnam bought the lot and built the hospital. And uh, of course, it was going out because all the insurance companies were the best prospects. <laughs> And uh, uh, a lot of grocery stores. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> grocery stores all over town. 
and I expected me to be half a dozen or more on the knees, but they were higher, and that was more than half, stature. Uh, right and down. Right and down. And uh, right and down was in the building where Mom rested there. Uh, there was that was one up on the corner where the is, and the next building then was uh, Horace Stack. You know what I mean? And uh, we were going down, and I don't recall now how it was right in, in the iron building there, and it's right off. But, Across that little alleyway there, then on Main Street or Kansas Avenue, there was a tire grocery store. That's, uh, well, Tom Stanley later passed out of there, bought it, and he died, his son took it over. And then, uh, oh, I don't know uh, what all was in there since, but that rainbow sack was in there. And, but there's a grocery store there. Then Virtue had one that I mean, for that video thing there. Virtual. Huh? Virtual. Uh-huh. And, uh, and let's see, uh, of course, Wings had groceries too. They had groceries. And then there was another grocery store down there. And then, uh, one of the buildings down there, Walls of Scott Gallagher's, had a garage that, uh, this guy was trying to tell him, it was the daddy of the flag. Well, that's his dad. And of course, he worked in there, but his dad had the car drawings in there. And, uh, uh, we know where, uh, over where Bob Cup is, on the north end there, there's a gardener's, uh, well, the gardener, Henry Gardner's son lives in Buckland now, had a restaurant up there, but uh, he's retired now. But anyhow, uh, they had a garage uh, that had the video and car agency uh, on the ground floor, and then the upstairs was the dance hall. And uh, this uh, showed road that uh, this is not just a joke to me, you know, when he moved the house back over there. Well, he was just a young man, man and he was really doing dancing. So, anyway, what they would do then, we had probation. <coughs> and they go to those dances, and of course, it was hard to be no light, because they weren't great, you know, but I see them, you know. Taken. <laughs> So he goes over to the light plant, him and I don't know who he had a couple of and they stole a section of a fire hose. And the high thing was right down at the bottom there. And of course, one time it was hot and had the wind up with the hand of the air conditioning, you know. And he calls up there and his buddy turns the water on and he wasn't the damn for all the monthly. <laughs> 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 I did not want to do that, but which Freeman was the night marshal. And uh, he seen me doing something, and he thought, well, what about the rest of So he hid one of them all across the street and watched them. Well, he threw the new lenses, and he thought he'd get the whole phone to him, so he was done with them. He didn't do that. So I guess it turned out to be a wet glance. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, the first national bank. Well, I'll never forget it. Uh, it was located uh, in Napa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got my pay uh, on uh, Saturday, and Dorothy took it to the bank and we said, pay our bills. You know. We had $67. That's what the paycheck, and believe me, that was a big check. That was a lot, a lot of hours out of the coal mine. And then, uh, that was two weeks, too. That was two weeks' pay. And they didn't open the bank that close on $67, and we had nothing. And, uh, my own little pay that hurt. It really did. And, uh, of course, the Lancaster was supposed to be friends to my family, you know, they come here in the early days, you know, and, and uh, they would have told her just to put that money, you know, and they, they would have told her something, you know, and, uh, not had to expose anything either, but they know that bank wasn't going to open on Monday, and they took our check, and I, I didn't like the Lancaster after that. But, uh, my husband was there, and then Mr. Trader was across the street where the bank is now. Uh, I believe that's the only bank they have in town. Is that, I don't know of any other. Uh, um, school. Yeah, that's the first school in Washington was up by the airport. Walt Disney went to the school. And uh, they built Park School, or Walt Disney Free Boarding School. And uh, I always said that. Uh, Was that Walt, where the IGA is now? Uh huh. And I always said that Walt Disney, I and my daughter, we all had one thing in common. We sent the same desk in school. And of course, she was older and I was older than her, but nonetheless, that did happen. And. Because uh, he had his initials carved on it. Yeah. Yes, it is. I think I see it in the school. Yeah, it was. It was Yeah, sure was. Walt Disney's dad built, and it was a carpenter on this old barn when I was first down here. That's the only one left in the country. And his dad came here as a carpenter. And Ronnie McGovern was a contractor. And he too was a, they were the McGovern's and folks were good friends, you know. And uh, the McGovern's was over here and, and uh, I had a uh, couple with the folks one evening and, and then on the new barn. And uh, well, he was building barns all around, but he'd go big fields, you know, and we'd go going holes and putting together wooden pins. And, so far as he stuff for a Dad told Mr. McGovern, he said, well, I'd like to have a new barn, but he said, $300 is all the money I've got. He said, I'm not just getting to think about building a barn for $300. So we got to meet Mr. McGovern was quite an architect, he, and he sat down and he brought this barn out for that. He said, now I can build that barn for you for $300. And he said, that man will be there when all these others are gone. And it's still there, and the others are gone. And it's been through, I guess, the half a dozen cyclones that I know of. And, uh, oh, 
what they need the money for is to call the designers, give them $35 for them to help.